I think sometimes we can confuse running out of passion for being ready for a new challenge. And that's kind of how I felt when I started making the shift. You know, I was worried, maybe I'm not passionate about design and, you know, questioning everything about what I was doing. And I realized that, no, I'm still passionate about design, but I'm not passionate in the way that I want to teach it and help others and, you know, talk about design 24-7. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. I am Femke. And I am Charlie. Today we're going to be talking about passion. Uh, Passion for your work, for your design work and for your side projects as well and what to do when that passion runs dry. We've had an email from a listener that I won't read out but basically this listener was describing that the challenge they're currently facing is that they're running out of passion to go deeper into their current role and so they're not sure if they should keep pursuing it or if they should make a switch and yeah what to do about that when the the passion runs out. I think it'd be good to talk about because I mean, I think I would say, Fem, that we are both very passionate about our work, but I would also say that we've probably had moments where that passion is just not as strong, perhaps, as it usually is. So this should be a good one to discuss. I'm looking forward to it. First, though, Fem, how has your week been? You know, I sat down this morning at my computer to write my weekly article for my newsletter, and for the first sort of three minutes, I was like, what the heck am I going to write about? I was not prepared. Usually I like to sort of have an idea the night before so I can think about it like as I'm sleeping, etc. And this morning I just had no idea what I wanted to say. And so I sort of sat there and then I thought, okay, I'll write about this thing. And so I started to write about that and I got like a paragraph in and it kind of changed tack naturally. And I amazingly somehow wrote like a 1000 word blog post in 20 minutes whoa yeah can you share yet what the topic is because by the time this episode goes out that newsletter would have been out already right yeah so the topic is about procrastination and I sort of talk about how I also struggle with procrastination and I'm not the you know perfect prime example of not procrastinating because I do it we all do it and I talked about how to set up what I've learned is called positive triggers to sort of encourage you to do the thing that you want to do so I talk about how I sat down last night to do a lesson on treehouse and I started procrastinating for like half an hour. I did random other stuff that I would actually call procrastinating working. So like Mm -hmm. I went through my email, I checked my campaign monitor account and, you know, did some small tasks. I watched your bullet journal video. Uh, So I did a couple of those things and then I finally started to learn to code. And I sort of realized like, oh man, that was like half an hour of sort of, you know, productive time, but not really. And the barrier for me was not actually like learning to code. The barrier for me was opening up Treehouse in a new tab and logging in. Because hmm. once I logged in, it was fine. I did like a 90 minute productive focused streak of learning time. And I don't know. So I just wrote about that and how we have these mental barriers. And sometimes it's not the actual work that we don't want to do. It's just the 
energy or the act of getting yourself ready to do the work. So for me, it was opening the tab and logging in. And so, yeah, I've kind of talked a little bit about that and setting up a positive trigger. So for me now, I have pinned the Treehouse website as a tab in my browser. So I'm trying to eliminate that barrier of like having to open it up and log in. Like now I can just press a button. So there's less excuse. That sounds fascinating. I'm really excited to read that. Yeah, sorry, that was a really like long-winded, uh, went a little bit off track there. but No, it's all good stuff. I was just amazed that I like sat down having no idea what to write and then in 20 minutes I had this blog post that, I don't know, I'm pretty excited to share to be honest. So Yeah, it just like flowed out of you. Yeah. That's cool. It was really cool. So, Do you know what I love too? Yeah. Is that um, you're writing about procrastination and you'd procrastinated on picking a topic uh, uh, <laughs> the yeah. night before. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> So true. I mean, I think we all struggle with procrastination and I mean, I am not afraid to admit that I definitely do procrastinate with things, but I'm trying to set up these sort of positive triggers in my life to eliminate the chance or the potential of procrastinating. For example, another thing I do is set out my clothes the night before in the bathroom because the first thing I do every morning at 6am is take a shower. And that kind of eliminates already that barrier of, oh, having to like go through my wardrobe in the dark at six o'clock and get my clothes. Now I just go to bed and in the morning there's no excuse. I can just get up, go straight to the bathroom. My clothes are already there. And so setting up those kind of triggers, I think, that can sort of help motivate and encourage me to do what I want to do and not get too distracted or procrastinate. I kind of wish we were talking about this as the topic for today's episode. Should we make it like a future topic to go into deeper? Let's. Let's Yeah, sorry. I don't mean to like totally derail this episode. But yeah, it was a good morning and I've had a good week as well. A really productive week, which has been really nice. That's awesome. What about you? How are you? I'm good. I was just thinking like, what have I even done since we last talked? But I feel like I've actually done a lot. For example, I finally sent out a newsletter. I don't think I'd done that when we recorded our last episode. It was such a good one. I really liked it. Thanks. I'm glad you liked it. Um, I wrote about being more conscious of what you consume. And I shared links to some of my YouTube channels that I've trying to been filling my feed with lately rather than my usual sort. These are people who work hard and are showing their work in their videos rather than just, you know, talking about other random stuff or it's just entertainment, you know? Well, I mean, it's still entertaining for me to watch other people's lives, but yeah, there's just a bit more passion and focus in it. And so that's, yeah, what I wrote about. And I'm planning on putting it up on my blog. So if I say it'll be up on my blog by the time this episode comes (laughs) out, maybe it'll be, you know, a kick in the pants for me to actually do that. (laughs) And we're a week or so now into April, so do you want to share your monthly focus for this month? Oh, yeah. Um, to be honest, I've not really started focusing on it yet because I feel like April, like, even though we're, the f- what is it, the fourth today, um, but it's only Tuesday, so. But yeah, uh, this month my focus is writing. So I need to do a lot of writing to figure out, for example, the courses that I want to do that I've shared in past episodes about goals, a course about design thinking, and also thinking about hosting like an online workshop about apparel design. So there's lots of writing to do for those two things and also writing for upcoming newsletters and blog posts, videos. I just want to set aside time to write because it's definitely not something I've been doing at all recently. Is that often the approach that you take when it comes to creating something? Do you start with writing? Do you find that most helpful? Well, I mean, only if it's necessary. Like, what do you mean? Like, what 
what would I or would I not have to like write I don't for? know do you ever just sit down in front of the camera to film a video and start recording without ah, right. writing or yeah yeah often I do if it's a video that is more about um my opinion and less about teaching something I don't bother like for example the bullet journal video had zero notes okay, for that. Yeah. wish I had because it took me ages to film <laughs> and it and was like, a great always, video oh, I'm glad you liked it but yeah that sort of thing I don't bother but when it's things like my pricing course that I've been working on recently mm-hmm. that was fully scripted and like fully written out and rewritten several times before I filmed mm-hmm. it yeah that makes sense but yeah I want to make sure I'm writing more often so because I want to get better at it and I'm not very good at it yet I feel so that's that's the focus this month what about you have you set a focus for this month is it learning to code uh, mm, I don't know maybe it should be I yeah I like the idea of monthly focuses and I've kind of tried it but not much effort like I've never written it down <laughs> which is probably yeah, step writing one writing it down <laughs> makes a big difference yeah, yeah so after watching your bullet journaling video I was like wow I don't know it was just so cool and it looks so satisfying being able to plan ahead and cross things off you know that you get that sort of satisfying feeling when you achieve yep. things and seeing how you write down your monthly focus that was pretty cool and so now I'm encouraged to try and figure out some sort of system that works for me and so I I would like to have monthly focuses I don't know what my focus for April would be learning to code is a good one I suppose but I don't know I have all these things that I want to do and I struggle to make the time to do them so yeah maybe choosing monthly focuses will help me actually make and prioritize time for those things and get them done do you know what? I feel like in this intro, we've come up with a million different topic ideas for future episodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if you're listening and something we've mentioned in the past five minutes has sounded super interesting, then let us know and we can talk more about it. I feel like we could talk forever for sure. just in this manner, you know? <laughs> yeah, because we are friends and we do that Yeah, often. we do all the time. <laughs> Let's talk about today's actual topic, though, for those of you who have stuck around through our super long yeah, intro. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about passion, like I said. Um, first I want to know, Fem, is passion like or running out of passion something that you've ever struggled with? Um, or like is it still a thing that you struggle with or was it in the past? Tell us about it. I was thinking about this before we started recording and one sort of example that I can come up with is, well, for those of you who don't know, I used to play the violin. And I started playing the violin when I was about three years old and I took weekly lessons up until I was about 18, until I left school. So about a a really good 15 years. And I kind of stopped because I ran out of passion. I had entered a new phase in my life. You know, you graduate high school, you turn 18, you want to travel and you want to see the world. And so that's what I did for a year. I took a gap year and I went and did that. I found myself, quote unquote, And uh, I just lost that passion and that drive for playing the violin. And I can probably count on my two hands the amount of times I've picked up my violin since then, which is kind of sad to think that that was seven years ago now and I used to pick it up almost daily. So that was a moment where I think it's actually taken me a couple of years to accept it, to accept that it was a passion that I had that just kind of naturally ended and I think sometimes we can really beat ourselves up about losing passion for something but I sort of came to realize that it was a phase in my life that I 
really enjoyed and I had a lot of passion for it in those 18 years. And then I think it just naturally ended. You know, I moved on to a new stage. I moved on to a new phase. You know, we change and we change as we grow, right? And so I feel like I naturally grew out of it. And so I've stopped beating myself up about it because I felt really guilty about it for a long time. You know, I had put 15 years of my life into playing the violin and to suddenly give it up. You know, I had people asking me, like, why did you give it up? You were so good. You know, how, how do you just lose that passion for something like that? And, I mean, the only real answer that I can accept, I suppose, is that it just happened naturally. I grew out of it. Do you know what? Listening to you talk about this, I kind of feel like the same thing has happened to me with my T-shirt line. Mm-hmm. And that... When I was in university, when I started it, all I wanted to do was design graphics to print on t-shirts. And I was like obsessed with like coming up with new marketing ideas for it. At one stage, I even made like a street team and I printed out these flyers and sent them off to people all around the world who then handed them out to people in their towns. And I was like super into it. These days, sitting down to design a t-shirt is just not something I'm going to think to do in my, you know, free time after work. There's so many other things that I'd rather be doing these days. Um, That probably sounds really bad because I have just also said I want to make a workshop about apparel design. But the thing is, I think that you can still be interested in something from a different perspective. You know, like I still enjoy printing my T-shirts and I enjoy when people buy them and I can send them out and knowing that my designs are being worn around the world. Like that's still really exciting. But I don't have the passion anymore to be creating new t-shirt lines and like to be wanting to create new screens to screen print like now the thought of that just sounds exhausting to me and like a major chore whereas before it was exciting and it was something that I was like figuring out and like wanting to do and I think it like from what you were saying about the violin like I've been feeling really guilty about that about letting this thing go almost about not pushing it as far as I should have because like it had a chance it had some you know spark of interest and I didn't push it all the way you know it's my fault or whatever but I think that I just have moved on to other things and I think that that phase has just ended for me of being interested like being more interested in print stuff like that these days I'd rather spend my spare time learning to code and making websites, you know, doing that sort of thing, making a video or teaching someone how to do something is more interesting to me. That's not to say I don't still enjoy, like, like my t-shirts and enjoy doing the odd graphic here and there, but I would say that the passion for it has has kind of disappeared. Yeah, I think often we believe that passions need to last forever. It's something that you keep with you throughout your life. and while it kind of does to some extent, like I still have a very deep love for violin and I'm sure you still have a very deep love for liner note kids because it's a part of you Mm. and it's a passion that you once had and that you put a lot of love into, but it doesn't need to stay your forefront passion or your forefront focus forever in order for it to be important or worthwhile. And I think also you you can sort of shift your passion within your passion which I know sounds really confusing but for example with you you might not have a passion for creating t-shirts anymore but 
your passion might have shifted towards teaching others how to create t-shirts, which is kind of what you mentioned with your apparel workshop. Yeah. Another example I have is actually with my mum. So my mum... Wait, you're not passionate (laughs) about your mum anymore? No, 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 no. Of course I'm passionate (laughs) about my mum. But she ran a preschool for 15 years. You know, that was her passion. She taught early childhood education. She was teaching two to five-year-olds, you know, and that was her passion for such a long time. And she recently gave that up a little over a year, maybe two years ago now, a, a year or two ago. But she's still doing things within that passion. So while she's not mm. teaching three to five-year-olds anymore, she's now teaching teachers who are early childhood teachers. So she's still sort of operating within that passion of hers. She's just shifted it a little bit. And so now she's focusing on professional development and helping teachers be the best teachers and be heart-centered teachers, et cetera. And that kind of sounds similar to where you're potentially shifting to instead of focusing on creating the apparel, you know, you can help and teach others. And I think that still is in that realm or that bubble of your passion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. And I think that it's important to know when when to make that shift or like when to feel okay making that shift, I suppose. Yeah. Like you said, passions don't have to last forever. And it's hard when it's something that has defined you, I guess, or perhaps is something that you've, you know, defined as for yourself. Like that was my pride and joy, the fact that I would, you know, design and print my own t-shirts. I still think it's a pretty cool thing to do. And I guess I still do it, just more the printing part now than the designing part. But it's not so much, like, the only thing that I'm about anymore. Um, yeah, and it's, it's hard for me too because I've got lots of videos about screen printing and about my t-shirts, and they're my most popular videos. And so sometimes I feel like I should be, you know, pushing more towards that. If I wanted to have a channel like a YouTube channel that's all about screen printing and all about t-shirts, I think I could have, you know, much more viewers than I do right now. But I'm just not passionate about making content about that anymore. And so I just can't bring myself to do that. You know, feeling passionate about my work is more important for me than it being popular, you know? Yeah, that totally makes sense. I think also sometimes we can be quick to rush and assume that we've lost complete passion for something I feel like if maybe you're you know not not totally confident or not sure and maybe questioning should I keep doing this is this really my passion you know maybe that is just a phase that you're having I I think I would recommend that if you're kind of in that weird phase or or weird position where you're a bit unsure to not give up straight away Mm. I think it's probably worth, you know, taking a step back and trying to identify what the problem could be. Are you unfulfilled? Have you lost interest? Are you tired? You know, what could be that underlying reason behind why maybe you're losing interest in this thing that you've been passionate about for so long? And, you know, maybe it is that you, you know, are ready to move on. That could totally be the case. But also perhaps it could be something minor that you might just need to adjust and to tweak to sort of reignite that passion and get it back. So I I would just recommend not to sort of quit straight away. That's a really, really good point and great advice. And I'm thinking now about like levels of passion. Sometimes there is just a natural lull. And I think it goes in like a a cycle, like um, 
like a rolling graph. What's the word I'm looking for? You know, there's highs and then it's lows and then it picks back up again. And I think that that's a normal progression. If I quit YouTube every time I didn't feel like making a video, well, <laughs> I would not have a YouTube channel anymore. Right. <laughs> that's for sure. Like this, I'm not super passionate about my side projects or my work 100% of the time. And I don't think anyone really can be. I think there's always going to be days where you just don't feel like doing something or when you just feel like doing something else. But you're right. You can't just give up in those moments. You should realize perhaps why you're feeling that way and accept that maybe it's just a lull and try and do something to pick it back up. Do you ever have those moments in in your work or side projects where you're like, I really can't be bothered with this today? Yeah, I definitely do. And I feel also... Over, over time, sort of the past year or so, I've kind of shifted from having this strong passion to talking about design and talking about freelancing and teaching those two topics to shifting more towards talking about like self-improvement and creative self-help and, you know, helping others find focus and motivation in their life. And I suppose in a way that's sort of a shift of my passion. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I think sometimes we can confuse running out of passion for being ready for a new challenge. And that's kind of how I felt when I started making the shift. You know, I was worried, maybe I'm not passionate about design and, you know, questioning everything about what I was doing. And I realized that, no, I'm still passionate about design, but I'm not passionate in the way that I want to teach it and help others and, you know, talk about design 24-7. I'm more passionate about helping others in terms of, you know, being a better version of yourself and being more creative and having a good work-life balance and being sane and having a good uh, mindset. And so I think that's totally natural to sort of grow out of one thing and sort of grow into the next one when you're ready for that new challenge. So if someone right now is perhaps in a phase where they're feeling like this passion is running out for a thing they're doing and maybe they've got this other idea in mind, what advice do you have for making that shift or like deciding if you should make that shift? Because obviously that's something you've done with your writing is is move towards this more um, self-improvement, um, self-awareness type of writing. Mm-hmm. So how did you decide to go with that? Uh, yeah, to be honest, it was kind of a natural shift. Like I started realizing that I naturally was more interested in writing about self-improvement than about freelancing. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of this natural growth. Uh, But I think it's also really important to surround yourself with people that support you. And I don't mean that financially. I just mean, you know, support you (laughs) as, as a friend and can be there to help encourage you. And we've talked about this before on the show, but I do think that's really important. And it's important to have those people there that are there for you and encourage you and push you to be, you know, your, your better self. And so it's going to be really important to have those people there when you make the shift. But I think it's also important to have the self-motivation within yourself. If you're trying, like for you, if you tried to force your YouTube channel into being about screen printing or whatever, mm. that would be quite quite forceful. And you might not have that personal intrinsic self-motivation to do that you know maybe you're only doing that because you know you'll get more subscribers and that's what you got a lot of subscribers from from those screen printing videos and so it wouldn't really be that authentic and I think you'd struggle with that over time so yeah I think I think you really have to listen to yourself and have that self-motivation and make sure that it's something that yeah that you're passionate about obviously 
I think it's important to be realistic with this as well, in that I think as designers by nature we're all quite, you know, emotional and outspoken people when we're loving something, and not so much when we're not loving something. You know, you see designers complaining about clients, but you don't often see designers complaining about their jobs in the way that perhaps other people might. Um, but I don't think that that means that every designer is totally in love with their job every single day of their life. And so if you're a designer who is wakes up one day and is just not feeling passionate that day and is going through the motions or whatever, just I think that that's normal to have those days. Would you agree, Fem? Yeah, like I am not 100% or 110% passionate about writing about self-motivation every day. You know, like this morning, like yeah. I said, I had no idea what to write. I I didn't know. And eventually it came to me and I could rely on that passion or that flow, I guess, that creative flow and energy that I knew would eventually come out. I just needed to be a little bit patient. And speaking of patience, I think that's a really important thing here as well is having the patience you know, like I said earlier, perhaps it's a phase you're going through. Perhaps something else needs to change in order to make sure you keep enjoying that passion. It might just be a little tweak that you have to make in your routine or how you do something that could reignite that passion that you had. I don't think we should give up so quickly and so easily. Yeah, I agree. I think that if you're not feeling passionate, you should first of all realize that it's normal and that this is just something that everyone goes through. No one's 100% passionate about their design or their side projects or whatever every single day but also I think it's in the same way that I believe that motivation comes from doing the work right that if you keep doing it you're going to be more motivated to keep doing yeah. it I think it's the same with passion almost that when you're not feeling passionate about something yeah sure take a break or whatever but don't just stop doing it sometimes you have to go through the motions and like get that machine to start back up again you know in order to remember why you love it I have that sometimes when starting a new project that perhaps I'm not super excited about the brief or whatever, but when I get into it and the ideas start flowing, just like you with writing your article, you know, it just starts flowing and then, then you start loving it again. And so having faith in your past experience, I suppose, to, to push you through. Yeah, I, I agree. And so, I mean, what advice would you have for someone who's struggling or, or feels like they're running out of passion, would you encourage them to just kind of stick in there for a little while longer to see if it comes back? Or I don't know, what, what would you say? Yeah, I would. I think that it's unrealistic to think that you can be passionate all the time. And obviously it'd be nice to feel that way every day, but I just don't think as humans that that's possible. And so I think you have to just stick it out for a bit. And if it's sustained over time, that, or perhaps if it's, getting worse for example like one day you're not feeling passionate and then like a week later you're actually hating what you're doing you know that's different in that in that case I think it's time to reevaluate but when it's more um apathy I suppose when you're just like not really feeling anything about it I think you should push forward and keep going and see how you can make it come back and I think there's ways you can inspire yourself right we've we've talked about inspiration in in past episodes mm -hmm. but to get your passion back sometimes it might be a case of first of all analyzing why you think the passion is gone with my screen printed t-shirts for example the passion is gone for me there not because I don't enjoy those 
graphics or you know am not inspired by music to make graphics anymore it's just that there's other things I want to be doing like you were saying I'm more interested these days in the teaching side of things yeah and so it's not that I don't like that other thing it's that I'd rather be doing something else (laughs) and and that's okay and so in that case I know that that's why that's not my passion anymore and I can sort of accept that a bit I suppose but maybe you're not feeling passionate because, I don't know, maybe you're just tired, you know? And sometimes your own internal emotions or whatever can get in the way of that passion for doing your work. And so I don't want you to write something off, I guess, just too quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to think, when do you think it would be the point where you're confident that, okay, my passion for this has definitely gone and it's time to move on and not wallow and feel guilty about it anymore. Like for me with the violin, that took a few years for me to really get to that point and sort of accept that it was, you know, a natural thing that happened. I grew out of it. We change as we grow older. I don't know, like, you know, we've talked a lot about stepping back, you know, maybe it's a phase, identify what the problem is and maybe it's a small tweak that you could change to reignite that passion. But what about when you get to the point where you are confident, like, okay, this isn't my passion anymore. How do you accept that? Like, how did you accept that with your t-shirt line? Was that hard to accept and move on from? Well, I don't really think I have moved on in a way because I've shifted it, right, into something else. Right. And so I think that that's something to try first of all is to make a shift and perhaps go in a new direction rather than just dropping it completely. In the past, like before I started my YouTube channel, for example, I had a lot of side projects that I would start and get really passionate about and then abandon them a month later. Like um, I had a blog that I would do like little projects on or whatever. And I'd be like, yeah, every day for a month, I'm going to do this. And then I get a weekend and be like, nah, not interested anymore. I think that's <laughs> happened to all of us. Yes, definitely. And in those cases, I did just drop it completely. But, and I think that you'll always know if it's just something you're not interested in. And I think that if that is the case, you'll find it easier to just stop it completely. You know, I guess when it's been something that's been a part of you for so long, that's going to be the harder thing to accept is um, like that it was part of your identity, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's replacing that with something else. So in a way, it's still making a shift. It's just in a different way. Like instead of you being Femke the violinist anymore, you know, you're Femke the designer. Yeah, and that was so hard for me for a while because it did feel like an identity shift. All through school and everything, I was the violin girl, the token violin girl or whatever. (laughs) I didn't know that was a thing. uh, (laughs) I know. Yeah, well, it was a thing. I would always have to play in the assembly, lead the orchestra, whatever, whatever, which, you know, I loved it at the time. It was great. That was my identity. Mm. And that's what I lived and thrived off for 18 years, 15 years. And now I have made this, I guess, identity shift, I suppose. I mean, all my high school friends still know me as Femke the Violin Mm. Girl, but but yeah, I think it can be difficult to detach yourself. But I like what you said about sort of putting that energy and focus into something else. Like for me, I put it from being Femke the Violinist to Femke the Designer. So you can still, I think, keep up that momentum. You just channel that energy into a new passion instead. And it's probably about, there's something about being self-assured in here too, right? And that feeling like just because you stop doing something, it doesn't mean you're not good at it and it doesn't mean you failed, you know, you're just making a shift and your identity is what you project to the world, right? So 
if you truly wanted to keep being Vimka the violin girl, you would have kept playing the violin, you know? And so a big part of you wasn't interested in that anymore. And so accepting that, yes, is hard, but you have to know that it, it does come from within and that you've made this choice. And so you have to be confident in your own decisions and um, trust yourself, I guess. Yeah. And I don't know really where this all fits into this conversation we're having, but I still, you know, I really like going to concerts and I enjoy going and seeing the symphony orchestra play now and then. And while I don't do that often, I I enjoy doing that sometimes as a novelty now when it kind of, you know, takes me back and transports me back. And for a fleeting moment, I get to sort of relive it again or enjoy it again by listening to classical music or going to a concert, for example. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's, it is never fully always gone. I think you can always sort of reignite it or enjoy it fleetingly. If you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, totally. Maybe it's more a case of dials, right? So all the things you like are these dials. And when you're super passionate about something, it's like turned up to the max and it's drowning everything else out because that's like the loudest thing. And everything else is sort of turned down a bit more. And those dials might shift over time. So your violin dial has been turned down. It's not gone. You've still got that passion there. But it's just there's other things now that you're more passionate about. Because I don't think that we have the capacity to be passionate about everything all the time. You know, I don't think that our brains and our, you know, our minds can handle that. I think that that would just be chaotic and overwhelming to feel that passion about everything all the time. So I think if you're getting more passionate about one thing, I feel like something else is always going to be like dulling um, to balance that out. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I agree. It is it is like dials and they can be turned up and turned down at any point too. I, I think sometimes that can come at really unexpected times. Like for me, I was you know passionate about talking about freelancing and design and then suddenly that just totally shifted to talking and teaching more about self-improvement and creative self-help. And those are two dials that I have and right now the self-improvement one is just turned up a little bit more than the design and freelancing one and that's okay with me and that might change over time and I'm totally okay with that just yeah I don't know I I guess it'll be interesting to see whether that does change over time and how much it will change yeah and I think that passions can you know dull or brighten on a day-by-day or a week-by-week basis as well with my vlogs for example I've been doing them every week for a very long time And I'm not super excited about it every week to sit down and edit a vlog. But some weeks I am. Some weeks I'm like, yeah, let's get this vlog done. I love this vlog. This is like the best one I've ever made. I'm really excited about it. And other weeks it's more of like a, okay, let's get this thing out then, you know? And I personally... And that doesn't mean that you have lost your passion, right? Yeah, it's just that... Just because of that one week where you... Yeah, totally. And I think that's where we can quickly accidentally confuse ourselves with thinking oh well I showed up this week to edit my vlog and I really couldn't be bothered and I really wasn't that excited about about doing it I don't think that means you've lost your passion no, definitely right? not it's just uh, accepting the reality of doing something for a sustained period of time is that it's not possible to keep up that high level of passion 100% of the time mm-hmm. I think that's a great note to end on Yeah, I think this has been a good chat. And oddly, it's made me feel more passionate about my side project. (laughs) That's good. Maybe we should talk about this more often then. (laughs) Yeah, we probably should. (laughs) Well, Femme, where can people go to find more of our episodes? 
on the interwebs. You can go to designlife.fm, that is our website, and you'll find all of our episodes there and our newsletter, which you should subscribe to if you're not already, because we like to share little extra things in there now and then, so don't miss out. Yes, and that can be found at designlife.fm slash subscribe, I believe. We always forget if it's subscribe or newsletter. I think it's subscribe. (laughs) Yeah, it's subscribe. (laughs) We'll leave that in. (laughs) Including my typing. Um, You should also follow us on Twitter. We are at designlife.fm over there and we love to chat with you. It's always, um, we always tweet out episodes as well when they're available and mm-hmm. we love to get you to join in on topics that we talk about. Although we didn't with this week, but we promise we'll do in the future. <laughs> yeah. And if there is a particular topic that you'd love us to talk about, you can always send us an email, hello at designlife.fm and we will both see it and we'd be interested to hear from you. Yeah. Tell us what you're struggling with or ideas for a topic. We'd love to hear it. Good chat, fam. See you well, I'm actually going to see you tomorrow in yeah. person, but see, see you, you on podcast yeah. next week. <laughs> Sounds good. Bye. Bye. I love how our endings are like super not professional anymore. <laughs>